the strange and unexplained. A critique of the mind, an exploration of the unknown, guided by curiosity, we creep through the shadows to uncover the mystery of the week. You want to start with the beatbox? You didn't save the original recording. I got rid of all of your beatboxing for the world to never know. All right, here it goes. I'm just kidding. It's still there. Okay, well. The world will hear. You had me like lead up into it. (laughs) Gosh, dang. I tell you what, everybody listening out there, don't go out there and hurt your back. So I I got a quick story before we jump into everything. Yeah, John's a little worse for wear. Way worse for wear, and it sucks. So we went to the park, go let the dogs run around, and there goes Disco, pooping. And so, being a great, respect, respectable, and responsible pet owner, I go over to go pick up the doo-doo. And then... As you do. As I do. But as I'm bending down to get it, I feel this electric jolt through the bottom of my spine. And then you know what I said to myself? When I got, when I was down there, you know what I said to myself? This is the end. I pooped my own pants. Blimey! Oh, God! That hurts! Oh, see, that's a pain! Oh, people think that's a pain! This is a pain! And that's, I was starting, it's almost like I was struck into. British or Australian? Who knows? That's how far out this knocked me with this pain. Yeah. It was like this electric shock went up my spine and I became a different person in a different time. You were so mad. I I was just walking with the with Emma, her other dog, and I look back and Sean's just laying on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> not know what's toppled going over. On. He's just laying on the ground saying, Disco, don't step in the poop and like really <laughs> upset. <laughs> it was such a mess. No, at first you did not want to admit that that's what happened. You just kept telling people, Oh, I hurt my back. I bent down and I pulled something. I hurt my back. And I'm just <laughs> in the background, I'm like, John, tell him you hurt your back picking up dog poop. He was picking up poop. Tell him you were picking up poop. Tell him I Thanks, Holly. Up I, dog poop I will tell them I was picking up poop. Really appreciate you. But I like that you told everybody now. Yeah, I was just, Kind. now I'm coming clean. Coming clean with my dog shit story. Yeah, people need to come clean with dog shit stories gone wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, because how bad would it have been if disco did step in the poop or what while if when I'm you in. fell you landed on his poo yeah i know that was another huge problem because <laughs> once the pain hit i didn't even recognize like where i was anymore i was just like nope hitting ground i'm hitting ground wherever ground this, is and then this other dog out of nowhere came running up to say hi to our dogs and we're trying to keep them away from stepping in this poop i'm trying to make sure like john's okay it was a mess. Uh, it was a what a really mess. It was a public mess. mess. It was a mess. <laughs> it was gosh dang. But uh, I that's feel all like right. Everything going on public right now is a mess. It's all a mess. I dread it. But especially me. I was hoping I would have been not the mess. You well, the mess. Always am. Well, let's do it. All right. I just refilled my glass of wine. Shall we toast the mystery crew? We both have glasses again, so we're gonna get a good dink. That was a crappy dink. Give me okay. one more dink. That was a better dink. I feel I feel like the mics probably picked up that dink. That's for you guys. Good dink. What are you drinking? Mm, I'm drinking infused vodka with my own homemade kombucha. 
By infused vodka, you mean we had regular vodka. Rock, and a little I bought bit of vodka that was vodka. flavored vodka, but I've been hearing people use the word infused when they're talking about it. Well, we did mix it with regular because we just had a little bit of yeah, both. Like, put it in yeah, this one bottle. Yeah, it's legitimately infused regular vodka infused with flavored vodka. Yeah. So that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but that homemade booch. That homemade booch, though? That's booch? legitimate. Authentic homemade booch. That's good. I got Scobies and Starter Liquid sitting up in the cabinet right now, waiting for another batch. All right, let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of Mystery of the Week. Of the Week. So last week, we covered The Exorcist and Satan on the Silver Screen. Mm-hmm. Great episode. With that, If you haven't listened cursed. to it, jump back. And it was really fun. And it was really fun to rewatch an old favorite and getting to show John a new favorite. Yeah, that was a great movie. I had never seen it up until up until that point, and it was fantastic. So dim your lights, because we're bringing you another... Satan on the Silver Screen. <laughs> Film we are covering in this episode is The Omen from 1976. Six, six, six. Because Satan was laying curses on thick in the 70s and really interested in the film industry during mm-hmm. this decade, apparently. Apparently. Like, the 70s, that's my film. That's my film decade. Yeah, it was the golden age of film for Satan. Good. Good for you getting out there. So, The Omen follows an American ambassador and his family in England and opens with some pretty sketchy story plots at the start. Very which, fun. I didn't expect it right off the bat. You're right. So, first of all, this is a film I feel like I never saw all of until we actually watched it for this. I've seen the remake, but mm-hmm. the original 1976, all of, like, maybe catching bits of it, I've never actually watched it. And once that opening scene finished, John, you were, you were just like, that's fucked up. It's fucked up. It was. Because that lady. So, the ambassador's wife is oh, having yeah, a baby. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which they are told has died at birth. But a priest comes in like, no worries, I got you. Here's an orphan baby. And the priest also comes up with the grand idea of just not telling the mother of the switcheroo. She need not know. And hand her an orphan baby with her none the wiser. And you know what? Here's a here's a really messed up thing. The dad just went along with it. He's yeah. like, you know what? This is a great idea. You're right. I'm not going to devastate her. I understand We'll just lie to her. So nothing could possibly go wrong. No, here, I'll right? just live my life on a lie. That's what great. I build myself this on. This is a wonderful start to a new part of our life. Spoiler alert, everything goes wrong when you adopt Satan's child. Terrible. What a bad time. The film's premise was inspired by the Book of Revelations, where the Antichrist has surfaced to enslave those inhabiting Earth. And in and in the case of this movie, that was Damien, who appears to be an innocent child until his sixth birthday, which falls on the sixth day of June. He was born at 6 a.m. Yeah. In case you don't know, that's three sixes. The Mock of the Beast. So spooky. What we're here to investigate is that the underworld came to the surface in order to stop the making of yet another movie trying to expose them to the masses through the silver screen. That's right. The devil reaches his hand up from the bowels of hell to grab onto our innards from the silver screen and drag us down. Pulling the blindfold from our eyes, shielding us from his might. 
I wish you guys could see John like just like fists in the air, <laughs> improving what Satan would do, and really talking about those bowels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I feel like that's primarily what he'll grab onto. <laughs> During the production, they had a religious advisor on set and had even stated that in dealing with the subject of the devil, you're essentially inviting the devil in, which many believe to be true. So let's start with some strange happenings around the omens making and what better way to smite people than with lightning. The film was shot in England, so many members of the crew had to fly over for filming, and one of which was writer David Seltzer's, and his plane was hit by lightning on his way to the movie production, and he survived and described it as the roughest five minutes he's ever experienced on a flight, and obviously very fucking yeah, could you? I couldn't imagine what it would be like to actually be in a, I mean, I've been in a plane with turbulence before, but to actually have it hit by lightning? Bookie! Thinking about going down, what? If, uh, I wonder if like you know the alarms were going off inside the cabin and everything. I don't know, but they like because they were driving through a storm. So can you imagine like you're driving through this lightning storm and then lightning actually hits your plane? That's horrifying. Horrifying. And then there was the leading role of the film, which was Damien's father and the ambassador, who was played by Gregory Peck. Gregory Peck was supposed to be on a flight that he had canceled, and that flight he did not end up getting on crashed killing everyone on board from hitting a flock of birds and here's the thing i feel like i only heard one guy say this but it's pretty crazy if it's true that the pilot oh yeah yeah, yeah, who was flying the plane when they hit those birds the plane went down and crashed obviously killing everybody like like holly said but it crashed into a car and it killed the people inside the car now the people inside the car were the wife and child of the pilot of the plane they had just dropped him off for work and were driving home yeah the tragic story doesn't stop at the passengers of the plane because on that plane's descent like you said it crashed into a station wagon killing its passengers and those in the station wagon were the wife and children of the pilot on the plane and they just dropped him off like that's why they were there it's like the saddest edition of final final destination <laughs> that really is and but as it we is go like, on, that is like a movie though as we go okay first of all well, we'll get into it we'll get there there's so much there's also like a couple of different versions of this story i watched one documentary it was the curse of the omen from early 2000s i believe mm-hmm but they told the story where it wasn't Gregory Peck that was supposed to be on there, that it was a group of people involved with the film to do aerial shots or get aerial views of the location. And they ended up not getting on that plane and like a group of businessmen did instead. And then that plane got the birds caught in the engine and crashed. After Gregory Peck narrowly missed his death on that plane, the plane he did board for England was also struck by lightning, causing it to catch fire. All on his flight made it to their destination, though it was not their final one. But the thing about this is they interviewed one person that that was a pilot who said, like, lightning hitting a plane isn't that abnormal. It happens. But there's, like, measures on the plane to keep there from being issues. So the fact that, like, lightning hit and it actually caught fire... Yeah. It's pretty extreme and unique of a circumstance. Yeah. Well, and you know what's you know what else is weird like, you know, while we're still on Gregory Peck is that 2 months before filming, his son killed himself. His son shot himself. 2 months before he started filming for the Omen, which apparently has had 
a slew of deaths around it here. I mean, that's just insane. And how do you go? How do you two months later and be like, I'm flying over and we're gonna we're gonna make a movie? Yeah, about my son Whew. being possessed by Satan. That's Ooh, heavy wee, stuff. Man. So at the time of filming, the Irish Republican Army was an extremist group very active in London. This would bring those involved in the film even closer to danger. The producer of The Omen, Mace Newfeld, had just arrived in London for filming, and as him and his wife walked out of their hotel, they were followed by a tremendous roar for a bomb went off in the lobby of their hotel. That's so scary. And to have, like, just left the building. Like, that's... Wow. Wackadoo. I thought you were going to say wacko. Wackadoo. <laughs> that's wacko. It is though. That's that's so scary. It there's there's something about being on like the verge of danger like that, like gracing danger and being like that could have been me. That's so horrifying. Cuz if you if it had just, you know, a couple minutes you know, it just stay, stayed in the lobby a couple minutes longer or something, you know, had to had to go to the bathroom before you leave. I'd be the victim of a bombing because I always have to go You're pee before we leave. I yeah. am a last minute peer. It's the minute it hits me was whenever everybody says, let's go. Oh, yeah, because I feel like it just brings to light like how easily and out of nowhere things can hit you and be out of your control. Yeah. And something like that just like really brings it to your face. Ooh, so scary. <laughs> So by this point, things were tense, both considering the social circumstances of where they were and many of them narrowly missing death at what seemed like every corner. Talks of curses were already swirling around in the making of this movie. Members of the cast, producers, and the director of the film all had reservations to a restaurant for dinner in hopes of keeping the spirits up Mm -hmm. in light of the pretty shitty circumstance. (laughs) Well, the shitty circumstance comes back around. Yeah. So Gregory Pegg invited them to one of his favorite restaurants. Just before arriving, the restaurant was also bombed by the IRA, and director Richard Donner was just half a block away from the restaurant at the time of the explosion. Come on, guys. You got to try this. They keep this place spick and span. It is so clean there when you go in. There's not a lick of dust anywhere ground is sturdy chairs are firm you're just gonna take one block up here and make a left (laughs) okay so it's a little dirty now okay it granted but they make a mean pasta i tell you that (laughs) well and the thing is like i thought the little tidbit in the story where it's like gregory peck wanted to take everyone to his favorite restaurant was like this guy can't catch a fucking break this is my favorite place not anymore he's like well at least i have my old standby comfort restaurant (laughs) goodbye everything's true from this man what what a shitty turn of events how do you go on from this Ooh, greg So these events alone would make most stop and think they're cursed. Someone or something did not want this movie made. And when talking about the forces of good and evil, or a god versus a devil, these events really propel the imagination to cursed territory, as it had with the Exorcist movie. Even as we have witnessed with the satanic panic in the decade following this, these subjects really take a hold of people, and creates a great amount of fear. A fear of unknown forces taking control of our lives, and maybe even trying to do harm. That's powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. I mean, and I I think uh, a nod... To the frailty of the human psyche. We're just trying to make sense of things that don't have any sense to make. 
Well, I mean, like, you know, uh, what was that? I mean, after The Exorcist, I mean, that you saw a rise in, like, exorcists, like, ex- exorcisms. Where'd that come from? Just, like, the knowledge of knowing, like, hey, yeah, that is a real thing, um, you know? And has something been, been inflicting somebody for, like, a long period of time, and now they just know about it because of this movie? Or because of this movie, now people are like, uh-huh, yeah, now I got an out. You know, oh, now I, I have totally to, like, to do. So. It's like the conundrum of whenever you take a psychology class, you suddenly start feeling like everything's wrong with you. Yeah. That's a really con. I know it happened with me through psychology. I feel like it's a really common like psychology student reaction. Now, once you start just reading these afflictions, they feel like really personal now that they're brought to light. When yeah. really correlation and causation are not the same, but maybe they are. I'm I like insane. That. I like that. I like that not non-answer. <laughs> but maybe they are. <laughs> it's basically like we don't fucking know what's going on. Who's to fucking say? But things were about to get more powerful during the production of the Omen. Charged up. Charged up. Satan charged up. So far, it was almost as if there was just warning signs, as if Satan was trying to say this could be you. Your material is too close for comfort. And Satan likes to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pillows everywhere, this guy. You know something I think about probably like mm, once a month in my life? Hmm. Skechers shape-up shoes. Remember those? Yeah, I remember because they were good for your butt. Yeah, they were supposed to, <laughs> they were supposed, supposed to give those ladies weird, that like huge, hot bubble butt. Platform shoes with like, I don't know, like a curved sole. Mm-hmm. Like a, a half-rounded sole. And it was supposed to shape up your tuchus. I like to imagine Satan wore shape-ups. I like to imagine Satan invented shape-ups. So you have to also imagine he is a very plump ass. And he's the CEO of Skechers. All right. <laughs> Paddle that ass. You know Satan has a bubble butt. You know it. Satan makes those bub-bubs bounce. Make them bounce now. Make them bounce now. So in the film... <laughs> So in the film, there's a zoo scene in which the animals go completely bonkers at sensing the devil in little Damien. Damien's mom wants to take him there, make him feel like a normal boy for once. He knows he's not a normal boy. So she takes him to the zoo and immediately you can tell the animals don't like him. They then get into the car because they're going to do a drive through a scenic fun drive through through the baboons. All you see is a sea of red, and that's their assholes. And <laughs> they're, they're walking around, and their car pulls through. Damien takes one fucking, one smart look over at him, and those baboons say, Hey, kid, fuck you. And they uh, descend on the car. They attack him. With that, the mom, she was actually petrified. And who wouldn't be scared? I mean, if you had, you, you, saw, you saw that scene. How many baboons did they have inside, like, that that enclosure at least 70 too many like it seemed like way more than a single zoo would have but are you kidding me the teeth on a baboon do you know how crazy a baboon is and so she was actually petrified inside inside of the inside of the car the actor who was yeah the actor so yeah in the scene the reactions of being completely terrified much like in the exorcist are real reactions to malfunctions during shooting so while they were going and driving through the car she was driving stalled And the thing of it is, is to get the baboons worked up and attack the car, they put a baby baboon in the car. Oh, I didn't know they had a baby baboon inside the car. Yeah. That's crazy. 
These are all methods that I would assume and hope animals no longer go through in movie productions. Yeah, so yeah, through a so, lot of distress. <laughs> so they're very attached to their young. So they put a young baboon in the car to upset the other baboons and make them attack the car. And during the scene, the car actually stalled and she couldn't keep driving and she couldn't drive out of there. And meanwhile, this baby baboon's like inside the car peeing everywhere. And the other baboons are like freaking out outside the uh, car and they couldn't drive away. Uh, do you think baboon pee smells a lot like human pee? No, I bet it's worse. I bet it's like acid pee. Yeah, I bet it has like a real sting to it. Also, baboons wear shape-ups. Have you seen those butts? You've seen them asses? See red. <laughs> but strangeness with animals didn't stop there. The very day they wrapped up shooting these scenes, the animal handler for the set is brutally killed. Now, I'll say this. Nobody ever gives his name, but as a condolence in memorandum of... Oh, we have to play that song. Uh, in the arms of... Um, but that guy's name was Sidney Bamford. And Sidney... Thank you so much for your service with the baboons in the enclosure, and thank you so much with your service with the tigris in the their enclosure. Now, obviously, next time, lock them up better. Well, there won't they, be a next time. They were locked up. Okay, so let's get into what happened here. <laughs> so the animal keeper, Sydney, was walking between the tiger enclosures, and unbeknownst to him, the tiger was stalking his movements along the way. The keeper didn't know this and stuck. Admittedly, this is not... A smart move to make in the first place, but stuck his head into the cage looking for the tiger with the creeping tiger lurking above. The tiger reached down and grabbed the handler by the head, sunk his claws into the skull, and pulled. And it said that the tiger had an extra snack that day as well. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a real Tiger King experience for him. It really is. I mean, we shouldn't be captivating tigers and probably just for movies. <laughs> well, Sydney, again, thank you. In memorandum of you, I'll dedicate this episode to you. Thank you so much for your service. Sure. This one's for you, Sydney. But the big cat scene was never even put into the final film, which is maybe a tasteful move on the producer's part. Is or it? a total waste. If I lost my life for the scene, use the scene. That's what I fucking say. You know? <laughs> like, it's almost all for nothing yeah. at this point. I, I'm giving up my whole life for this for this job, okay? <laughs> Least you could do is not cut me out in the editing room. Gosh, dang. The nerve. Now that death had creeped so close to the making of this movie, tensions rose with the fear of the film's curse. Actors were not as willing to take risks with stunts, and Lee Remick, who plays Damien's mother, has a scene where this evil little turd monster runs his tricycle into her and knocks her over the stair banister to the first floor below. Initially, she was supposed to be rigged up to a crane for the illusion of falling, but by this point, Lee was now apprehensive about this stunt and refused to do so. Which, I mean, understandably, yeah. if a bunch of shit's going wrong I around me and people are nearly missing death, I'm probably not doing a falling down but you from could, a third floor stunt. You could say everybody's narrowly missed death. What have I got to lose? Am <laughs> I right? That's the, op that's the optimism in you. I know. It doesn't shine through a lot, but sometimes... When it does, it's bright. It hurts. I'm blinded. Where am I? <laughs> Look at it. So they ended up using this movie magic, which I thought was really cool, where they made a wall to look like the floor so she didn't have to actually be lowered or fallen 
to the ground and makes for a very good scene where it just follows a fishbowl going down to her. But then they took the fishbowl and like basically glued it in place and put it up. So she's actually not falling down. She's just like twisting and going to a wall. That's really cool. I know. I mean, because it, 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 it honestly looked really good on, on film. It looked really good. Yeah, like that even, scene. even the director, Donner, he was like, it actually came out way better than what we were initially doing anyway. Yeah. But it's a it's a really cool scene where it's very it's just so ominous because you only see the fish will fall and shatter Mm -hmm. and then she comes down. It's very good. But it's almost like the camera goes through the fishbowl and then it falls. If you haven't seen The Omen, spoiler alerts are obviously about to come and it's a good movie. Go give it a watch. But the fact was that these strange events happening around the sets were starting to impact how the movie was being made and what actors were willing to participate in. Now, this movie does have some brutal killing scenes. Many falls to their death, which is a huge personal fear of mine. Mm-hmm. We've discussed Main this. fear of hers. Like falling off a chair or a ladder or like just falling and dying. And then also if you're by yourself and you're just like like that for a while, it's an irrational fear I have. Well, I, I, I mean, I just went through a thing with my back if i had to lay there for several hours i'd be screwed it's scary I mean, suck. gosh there's people impaled with iron rods hanging from a rooftop and smashing into windows at children's birthday parties mm-hmm. which was a it's God. like an iconic scene so from the cool. omen and possibly one of the most graphic killings is when the photographer is decapitated by a giant sheet of glass from a vehicle accident gnarly what a cool scene gotta watch the movie if you haven't watched it in a couple years go watch the movie if you haven't watched it ever go watch the movie it's really fun some of these murders Final Destination had to have taken from this movie a little bit. Like the raw, it's just, it's this unseen fort. Like, you know, the child is the center of this evil, mm-hmm. but all of the killings are this unseen force. And it's just got that very much like death creeping Final Destination feeling. Yeah, it's coming for you. And like that death with the glass sliding off the truck is, it's brutal. And it's, I, yeah. Well, good thing that was only movie magic. Because it's about to not be anymore. Exactly. Because if curses are real, some took inspiration right from the very movie being cursed. And that's exactly what we'll be covering next, after a quick break. See you on the other side. Is your true crime show getting a little too predictable? Absolutely. Are you sick and tired of all these Karens doing drink recipes and beer reviews? I hate it. We are the Misery Machine, and we're on an adventure to dismantle pop culture, current events, and uncover the mysteries of the universe. Largely of the homicidal variety. Listen to us every Monday on your favorite streaming platform. True crime is boring. We're fixing that. So, if curses are real, some took inspiration right from the very movie being cursed. Special effects supervisor John Richardson was in a car accident after the film had been released. The head-on car collision was fatal for John's fiance, who was decapitated in the accident. Mm-hmm. He was zooming around in his BMW. Whenever John Richardson is describing this event, he's British, and he calls it a car smash. And it's just like, even British people make the most gruesome car accident sound adorable. Like, yeah, we got into a car smash. Cute and fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, How do you do smash. it, British people? They probably hate being told they sound whimsical, but you do. He's like, it was a horrific accident. And then we got into a car smash. <laughs> Huge car smash. Ugh. So John was seriously injured, laying on the ground. And when he opened his eyes, the first thing he saw was a mile posting for 66.6 kilometers. On, w- on what road was this on? I'm not sure of the road, but the next town over on this road was Omen. O-M-M-E-N. Dun, dun, dun. If we could find a sound, a sound effect that's dun, 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 that'd be fucking... Why? You're doing great, John. Thank you. <laughs> but this is eerie, right? That's it, That was probably the craziest thing, I think, that's like around this movie. Like That has to be like the most nuts thing. It really is. Because did I mention that this deadly car crash took place on Friday the 13th? That makes it way more nutty. And... That's that's scary so friday the 13th is already a spooky day but in the context of this movie which heavily bases on the book of revelation it's chapter 13 that the mark of the beast 666 is mentioned which this movie also heavily does like they're putting 666 all over oh yeah it's i mean it's right on it's right on like the cover of it like omen 666 but it's in there it's like it's tattooed on the priest that gave him the baby it's tattooed on the kid it's it's everywhere it's constant they're the kid's birthday is the sixth day sixth day of june and he was born at 6 a.m yeah and then it's his sixth birthday on the sixth day like 666 is all up in this now, John Richardson, who was in this accident, like we said, is in special effects on the Omen movie. And he created the beheading effect for the movie where the car accident decapitates the photographer getting too close to the truth about Antichrist Risen. Now that's art imitating reality. It's a little too close to home. But yeah, it's pretty intense. It, it's like truth is stranger than fiction. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, that that does sound like something someone would, like, write. Like, a special effects producer dies in the same manner as one of his own stunts. With all like, these that sounds weird, like a movie. like, symbols all around him. We got 666. We got the name of the movie. Right. With, like, <laughs> one tiny spelling off. Like, it has two M's. It's, like, almost, it's just enough to be a sign. Are you fucking kidding like, you me? Would, you would see that shot, like, the, the car smash happen inside of the movie. Car smash. I like how you Thank adopted you. that. And you would see it happen and then you would have like somber music it'd be like a middle of the day scene let's call it 2 30 p.m and you have the camera leading off looking at the at the wreckage coming back and up and then it pans and then you see omen 666 as the camera settles on that as it cuts to the next scene you should be in the movies john maybe you'll get cursed thank you Maybe one day I will. Strictly get into movies just to see if you get cursed. Yeah, maybe one day I will will get cursed. Many seem to have Satan following them after the movie's making and into their next film ventures. Like I said, Satan was really involved in the film industry in the 70s, -hmm. apparently. It was a a wild west time for him. We're watching another documentary cursed films which it's decent it mostly covers like why people would believe in the curse more so than the detailed events such as this but man if you're gonna watch it watch it for the characters because they interview some witches and some uh satanists black magicians black magicians that's what i prefer as my title on my bottom third of the screen put it as black magician it's 
it's a romp to watch them. Jesus, Eddie, calm down. But yeah, in that movie, there was someone who's like, I like to think that Satan was an artist. Like Satan was interested in art because it's he's into films. He's watching film. He's mimicking the film in the way he's cursing or they are cursing those involved. It's very interesting if if that's true. Well, and you could look at it like this. Art's forever. And so would then be the stamp of the activity of the beast yeah you know and that's the thing is a lot of people are saying believe that they were trying to stop the making of the movie and some believe that satan was making a mark on the movie rather yeah another way in which someone was affected by this movie in a very ironic circumstance was a stuntman who stood in for lee's character when she falls had a serious accident when shooting stunts for his next movie he's a veteran of stunts with years of experience but somehow on his very next movie after the omen lands wrong during a falling stunt and ends up hitting the ground between two cushion stunt things like there were two, I don't know what you call them, stunt pillows? Stunt cushions. But somehow he knew exactly where to fall, how to fall, been doing it forever, and landed between them instead of on them. Ah, uh, the actual term, looking it up, the flop cushion. Mm, he didn't look anything up, so don't Well, take they don't John's know word. that. <laughs> and then he was sent to the hospital for serious injuries, similar to those the character of Damien's mother he covered in The Omen. They said he had the same broken arm like Ray's, tubes in his nose. It was bizarro. What's wacko. going on? It's wacko. <laughs> That is, that's nuts though. I mean like two, two accidents, one deadly, one near death, and they both resembled exactly the scenes from the movie. And they were both as they were working on their movies after The Omen. The stunt supervisor was in the Netherlands to shoot a movie, Mm -hmm. which put him near that Omen place. Yeah, originally it was supposed to be the first uh, Fast and the Furious, but they had to get put on hold because of that accident. R.A.P. Paul Walker. (laughs) It's okay, laugh laugh at your own joke. It's hold. For like decades. Until <laughs> like the late 90s. Like first Fast and the Furious. There you go. So yeah, strange, ironic events that it almost, to the human mind, seems like it has to be orchestrated by something, someone. There was a puppeteer. But you know, and I, I think like a lot of people will draw this conclusion as well. You know, I mean, you had like a lot of those events at the at the beginning that we were talking about where they had lightning strikes and... You know, there were there were attacks from animals. I mean, there was there was multiple attacks. There was another one with a with a stuntman and and a, and dogs uh, where they got where they got attacked. I mean, you had all these all these things happen, but you know, you also had like bombings where people just barely missed it. You know, you had all these things where people barely got out of there unscathed, and you know, that's that's really like I think the testament to it that you know, if the devil was there, was he doing it so the movie could get made? Yeah, like he wanted to just make his presence or stamp there or maybe another force was stopping it and not satan you know god can be a bit of a dick too and in scriptures and readings and stories about that that character so who's to say Mm -hmm. satan always gets the shit end of the stick i mean there was lightning there was lightning satan's not playing with lightning i don't i don't know like all the powers of all the gods from all the different religions but i'm sure they could have jumped in too i mean it's a thing. Who's to say? Who's to say? As we I learned mean, in The Exorcist, religion's fucked up. It's complicated. It'll get you. <laughs> 
So the director, Richard Donner, reported receiving multiple death threats for the making of this film afterwards. He got one letter even reading, your blood will run in the streets. A little late for that. The movie's already out. You should have sent me a thing whenever you heard it was in production. You know, We tried. We didn't know where you were. Couldn't get it through. You guys were like all over the place because couldn't find it. And then there was also a theory that the film became cursed by Satanists and not Satan himself. Satanists who called upon a curse due to the nature of its material or that they felt they were being mocked through a lot of basically like Satanist exploitation films were coming out left and right of this era sacrifices exorcisms I mean that's what and that's and this is again like Holly said this is like your decade prior to I mean and just years before hitting like the actual satanic panic you know so this was like your gateway into like people and again how we how we touched on you know after after what exorcist you had an influx of people believing they were possessed this was your gateway like the the movie industry was the the gateway for the public to to be scared of something again yeah there's so much that I feel like we're conditioned to be like oh that's funny like demonic possession stuff but at this time people were really going out on a limb to make these films Mm -hmm. like the exorcist was going out on a limb and bringing up the subject of exorcism before the public even knew that was an option or something going on within the church. Yeah. Uh, The Omen was heavily putting out the number of the beast, the 666. They were just new moves bringing, I think, the public's imagination to where we kind of landed, which was satanic panic. New moves. Great moves. Love your moves. Are those shape-ups? (laughs) I can tell they are. Good for you. There were also rumors that the Bible sales went up after the film's release. Mm -hmm. Thumping that, baby. Mm -mm, Not going to possess me, not today. (laughs) Yeah, both because people were really scared that after viewing it, and since the movie heavily mentions the Book of Revelations, they were curious about this background material the film was based on. They're like, go up by the Bible. Come on. Yeah, let's go read it. What a fun story. We'll sit around and read the Bible. (laughs) I imagine they got a couple sentences or whatever the fuck you want to go call the Bible shit. Verses. Yeah, a couple (laughs) verses into (laughs) the Book of Revelations. They're like, this sucks. (laughs) Oh my goodness gracious. So curse, coincidence, or conservation are questions many of the films still ask to this day. Some believe the curse and demons of this film haunt those involved to this day. Skeptics believe it's all coincidence. Others believe they were actually being protected from danger throughout the film, narrowly missing misfortune at each turn as a sign of luck. Richard Donner and Mace Newfeld have even said that they believe the film was blessed rather than cursed considering that despite all odds, they survived and got the movie out. Mm-hmm. Getting that gross profit now. There, What's it about? There was a time where they went through all of this. They went through all of this. They flew back home from England, which they were scared that, like, now something's going to go wrong Oh, here. yeah, now the movie's over. They get back fine, and then, it, like, no one wanted to produce the movie. No one wanted to put the movie out. They almost thought they went through all of this. They're like, I basically risked my life for this movie. Well, and that was... And that was a thing too so i was i was looking up like a lot of uh critic critic reviews of this and at the time a lot of shit reviews for the omen people hated it they were just like i think it's i think it's boring and i imagine they're all british and they just hate it or think it's boring and or don't like it i think it's just not fun and then it even it even got there was a list put out of the 50 worst films and the omen got put on really? and it was the 
newest movie to date that would been that would have been put on. Interesting. Yeah. But it also did go on to almost win awards. So yeah, I to mean, each their own, I suppose. There were definitely so I think there's an underlying story in the Omen that is lurking in its plot that don't adopt. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But lurking in its plot that I think would have been even creepier if they really would have addressed it. And it's that Damien may not even be devil incarnate and that the realization of Damien not being their biological child and after the mother had been deceived into thinking he was would be very hard for her to grapple with. And then followed by the guilt the father would feel deceiving his wife after she wanted a baby so badly and then the horror of coincidence leading them to believe and maybe even project evil into this child much like the audience did with the making of the film but i think diving into the madness of the parents and those around them looking for answers where there are no answers and this child being put in danger for it to the point that the father tries to kill the boy at the end and leads to the father's demise. It's it's almost as if their lies and guilt caught up with them. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's really an interesting take. You know, that overall, I mean, if you if you peel away like a lot of like the satanic features of the movie, what you're really staring at is a story of guilt and deception. Yeah, you know, and like being angry at yourself and, and maybe- angry at the circumstances that are that are surrounding you and being so willing to to be in a better spot to not have that guilt that you're willing to kill for it um if that if that means your your own son so be it or that that son just becomes the epitome of it you know so you project evil and want them to be responsible for every bad thing going on around you yeah i don't know i just think that would have been a really cool look into it as if like what if the parents and everyone around them are just like going a little crazy like all this strange stuff's happening and then they find out you know or get i think the mother got a sense that maybe this isn't my child oh yeah yeah. there was there was definitely a point like when they were in like the parlor and like she was screaming at 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 the for the for the housekeeper to come in and take take him away because he was like yeah. making noise, just playing, like be, being a kid. And you could tell she was like at a point where she's like, I don't love him. And I don't. I feel she, that there's a disconnect between us. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not saying that I don't agree. Don't adopt. That's not what I'm saying. I'm all about <laughs> adoption. I'm saying don't lie to your significant other about the situation. Don't not That's tell them total- the baby died. Yeah, that's a totally different circumstance. If you if you went six years into thinking this is your child, abuse of power. and then suddenly you realize it's not, that's a totally whack. It's a whack. Whack But yeah, I like this. I did enjoy this movie. It's not quite as exciting and flashy as The Exorcist. It is definitely paced differently. But it and has some brutal I, killings. I thought that was why I thought I wasn't going to like it as much because of the pacing of it. Because you know me. I don't like paced things. And I don't like paced salsa. Not a sponsor. And obviously you just said it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't let them sponsor us unless they gave me a good amount of money. What if and then they gave I would you a them. lifetime supply of salsa? I'd be like, that's a shit deal. And I need a check <laughs> for like $10. It's worth more than your fucking lifetime supply of paid salsa. But what was I going to say? I don't know. Now what was I going to say? Gosh darn it. <laughs> you get John Sired on bad salsa. <laughs> what was I going to say? Uh, that the, pace, the pace of the movie. Oh, yeah. You know how much I don't like pace. That damn salsa. I don't like movies that are paced out. And I thought that for sure was going to be a, a turnoff for me. But man, I was 
in it. That was a good movie. Like, it was paced just right, I would say. Like, you know, you had... There, there weren't spots in it like there were in The Exorcist where they were just like, here's several days passing and you're just assuming that. Okay, well, I like this movie. This is a good movie. It was good. So, President attends the ambassador's funeral. Pan out. Damien turns to camera smiling. Credits roll. The Omen 2. Satan takes the White House. Mm-hmm. That is that was, what you got out of that? that? Was the, yes, that was the sequel. Yes. <laughs> there is there is a Omen 2 and 3 not affiliated with this director. I hear it's a shit show. It's probably not great, but it, I mean, they also didn't... I mean, go take Damien to the president in the White House. Let's see what yeah, happens. Yeah, that'd be a good like. That'd be a good like third one in like second ones he's like taking senate he's like taking senate by storm he's like passing bills like fucking crazy fucking well, <laughs> fucking just like vetoing shit he doesn't like and like he, they're like you don't have that power he's like you don't fucking tell me what kind of power i have and they close that movie with him with him entering into the new presidential race and you're like what happens who Are knows you we live in armageddon right now and then part <laughs> three rolls up and you're like oh shit boy no and Damien's fucking president and, and we're fucking making treaties over shores and uh fucking then the world ends yeah and that's 2020 and this fucking sucks <laughs> but uh yeah the film does hint to the fact that in revelations the antichrist will take power through politics that's hinted at and then at the end they hint that the president and the first lady i guess adopted damien is what mm-hmm. you're supposed to imply yeah and the president like lick, licked his lips like as he was like taking damien's hand no he didn't stop it oh you're right <laughs> he was no it was it was that he was uh it was the the thought of power was delicious oh you know another fun fact that came up in the the curse of the omen documentary hmm. they were talking about the 666 mark of, mark of the beast and they were saying that in hebrew six comes out to w so www which is also the world wide web well if that's the case then visit us at www.motwpodcast.com. That way you can hit us up on all of our socials and tell us what you think. I mean, hit us up if you guys have stories. We'd love to hear them. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. If you have ideas on like topics you think that you would be interested in us covering, uh, input or elaboration on anything we've covered, or just a hey, howdy, hi. Oh, hello. Howdy doody. I don't think we have time for news again. These episodes have been... A romp of a blast, so we just can't squeeze it in, but maybe we'll do a microdose to make up. Not that much news outside of COVID There's happening. There's not a lot. <laughs> so reach out, follow us on our website or Instagram for any reference photos, and until next time... Bigfoot bless you. Later days. Bye!